Saturday show. I'm Jay Catch, Adrian Lizer. Three o'clock hour underway here Whoops. on the Zone Sports Network. Yeah, all right. Sorry, I didn't have my headset on. Getting your coffee. It looks very warm over there. It is steaming. <laughs> it is steaming, and it's not necessarily the coldest day out here. I told so. you I will drink a hot <laughs> coffee on the surface of the sun. You my have. Friend. You have told me that in the pit of hell as well. Whatever. Oh, I like yours better. I forgot. <laughs> Anyways, it. it that I'm impressed that you can do that because it is it's a nice warm summer day here. But come on by, check us out. We'd love to I'm see probably you guys. Like dying from the inside with it. It's melting your insides yeah. as you go along. Um, P.S. By the way, we were talking about Bryson DeChambeau and some of his slow play earlier. Oh yeah, we were play. We were talking about it off the air about how all of these players were uh, so upset that DeChambeau plays so slow. Apparently, he walked off a 70 yard chip shot. Walked it off. I like walked all the way up. Paced it off. All the way back. Uh, right. Took three minutes to putt. Jordan yeah. Spieth. And uh, Tommy Fleetwood were not happy with how slow he played. So he's responded to the slow play critic saying, quote, he has been, quote, attacked. And the criticism, <laughs> quote, put me in a bad light. And the way I translate that is, like, <gasps> me? Yes, exactly. <laughs> Mr. <laughs> Science. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, come on. You know what? The golf. Go out there. I like Brooks. You know what? Brooks Kepka. I know people don't. A lot of people aren't big fans of him. But I am like his. I'm his now biggest fan. A, he says, just go up and hit the ball. Uh-huh. B, he doesn't practice other than for the majors. C, the other day he showed up 45 minutes before his round and won the dang thing. Which is impressive in itself, yeah. right? So, big fan of Brooks Kepka. I don't care about all you haters out there. I, They're I, all just jealous that he beats them and doesn't have to try. It's true. Brooks is kind of the – I I don't even know who to compare him to anymore. He's just – He's his own guy. He doesn't necessarily care about what anybody thinks of him. And and the purists, they don't like that. Maybe he doesn't love the game. Who cares? That's what well, he's, he's doing for his job. He's kicking ass and taking names. So who and cares? Yeah, if he doesn't love the game but he's winning all the money, what does it matter? Yeah, exactly. So whatever. I, I just thought it was kind of funny to hear yeah. that from Bryce. Uh, I've been attacked and, quote, put me in a bad light. Well, yeah, dude, you took three minutes to hit a putt that you missed <laughs> by a whole full foot. Come on now. Uh, also, speaking of golf, before we get to Gail Miller, uh-huh. shout out to your pops for fixing my golf clubs. Have you played with them? I have not yet. Okay. All right. Well. I haven't had a chance yet. Yeah, Papa Bear Hatch, he, he's, I, I've told you this, you were kind of stunned, but I've literally always had my clubs custom built. My yeah. dad learned how to do it in high school, and he's done it ever since. I had a little bit of a rage fit on uh, Soldier on the. Oh, uh, now you admit it, huh? On the second hole at Soldier Hollow, and. Uh, well, it wasn't. It was a small, very small rage where I kind of, I, I I yanked one left and I uh, wasn't happy with my eight, eight iron. Your eight iron ended up in so two pieces. I just kind of hit way. it against the cart, <laughs> like not as hard as I thought I did. Uh-huh. Anyway, it snapped in half. Yeah. Then my nine iron, that wasn't my fault. The the head just came clean off. Well, the we eight have, iron what, was snapped in half. What all the listeners to the Zone Sports Network have learned today, Adrian, is you are a raging lunatic I on the really golf course. Not, you have broken two clubs in the last couple of weeks. I'm really not, but this summer has really just, just, my game has gone down the toilet so badly that I'm just losing my, like, it's starting to affect me mentally. I'm like, what is happening? Really? I've okay. lost it. I've lost it. My golf game's actually coming around to actually be in a good place after I, three months of sucking. So I I'm haven't quite been okay with since, it. I haven't been since I broke my club. You and I need to get out there. We haven't been this summer yet. We need to do it. I'm too embarrassed. I I just like going out golfing. I don't care if you're good or not. Uh, but anyway. Just PSA to anybody out there. If you guys want to go golfing, I'll go golfing with you. Just FYI. Oh, oh will you? Yeah, absolutely. Right. Well, yeah. thanks to uh, your dad for fixing up my clubs. Happy to do it. Um, anyway, back to the jazz. Let's mm-hmm. talk a little jazz here, and then the, the next segment we'll get back into some college football talk. But um, 
Gail Miller, after announcing after the team announced that they were promoting Steve Starks, mm-hmm. well, the Larry H. Miller group of companies yes, announced it. Yes, but yeah. the, the Larry H. Group, Larry H. Miller group of companies uh, promoting Steve Starks to a CEO, mm-hmm. and uh, they will be in search for a new team president. Yep, um, Don Sterling will be taking over as interim right now, but he's a great guy, so he'll do a great job mm-hmm. uh, in the in the meantime. But Gail Miller stopped by the Big Show to talk about that as well as the team, the players, the coaches, and the league itself. It was a great interview uh, for a few minutes, and uh, we'll let you hear that now. Here, here's Gail Miller. Is everybody ready? Let's get rolling. In the Zone Sports Network. It's the big show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Let's get right out to the Sprint special guest line joining us now. The owner of the Larry H. Miller Group of Companies and uh, chair of the board of directors of Larry H. Miller Management Corporation. She is Gail Miller with us here on The Big Show. Gail, thank you so very much for a few minutes. How are you doing today? I'm great. Thanks for asking me to be on. Well, it's some big news this week. We talked about it quite a bit on the show. Uh, Steve Starks promoted to CEO. Can you talk about uh, Steve and uh, the excitement of of, um, his direction of the company? Well, I think it is an exciting announcement. Steve has done a lot for the company. He's been with us 12 years. He's had a lot of different assignments. Um, He's very energetic. He's very capable. Everything we've asked him to do, he's done very well. Um, Never shirking anything. Got a good attitude, a lot of energy. I, I think the direction of the company is headed in the right direction. We look forward to um a very exciting future. Gail, you didn't get my resume, I'm uh, assuming. There, Gordon, uh, you were just too slow. <laughs> <laughs> in, in many ways, yes, indeed. Uh, what, about, what about the position as president of the Jazz, Gail? Uh, Don Sterling, the interim president. Uh, what goes into that search? Don Sterling is going to be president of sports and entertainment. Steve will continue working with the Jazz. Um, We feel like there's some continuity there that we need to maintain, at least for the immediate future. Um, He has some, you know, they have a lot of things going on, and it it just seemed more reasonable since he's even the alternate governor that his capacity with the Jazz organization needed to remain intact. A lot of things happen with the Jazz under Steve's watch. Uh, you know, the renovation of the arena, for example, but the expansion of the staff and, and really rebuilding the team. How much did his success in that position play into uh, your confidence in his new role? Well, it obviously had a factor. He, as I said before, he just takes on a, a, um, an assignment and goes to it and does very well. So I think uh, he's proven himself. Boy, I'll tell you, Gail, it's been an exciting offseason for the Jazz with the moves that they've made. Uh, How do you feel about the positioning of the club heading into this next season? I feel really good. I think that we have some, um, you know, we've made some really good changes, some really acquired some really good players. I hated to see the ones we had go, but this is this is a crazy business. And I wish everyone that we've we've let go well i hope they have uh, a lot of success where they are we seem to be able to populate the nba with really good players 
but I, I'm very excited about how we're positioning ourselves for this coming year. Gail, let me make a reference that uh, that I remember, and maybe you would remember, but many of our listeners, younger listeners, won't remember. I remember on like uh, the Ed Sullivan show or the Jackie Gleason show, they used to have these performers that would spin plates around on sticks. <laughs> remember those? And they, I do. And, and they had like ten of them, and they had to keep them all going at one time. <laughs> I understand that that's probably how you feel sometimes, but when the Jazz make a deal or or there's a deal on the table. Do they run that past you for your approval? They do. Yeah, I, I get uh, all of that information. And as I've said before, I really do have the last word. The problem is I'm smart enough to know I shouldn't say it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm always concurred with, you know, I always concur with what they, I shouldn't say always, but I, I have a lot of confidence in them and their ability. We hired them to do a job. and. They do keep me in the loop, and they ask for my opinion, my advice, and my permission, actually. Um, but they know what they're doing, and as long as they explain it to me and help me understand the reasoning behind it, and they're good people that they're bringing in, I'm okay. Gail Miller is with us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone, and I realize it's been a couple of years since you put the jazz into a trust, essentially, for the community. When you talk to people and people around the sports world, what, what is the reaction? What do they tell you about that? Really, um, you're the, the first franchise to ever do that. I think it surprises a lot of people, but I think they, they're they very um, impressed by that. They think it's a good move, and they're grateful that the Jazz have a solid home. I don't know why that they ever thought they wouldn't, but, you know, they've been here 34 years under my watch, mine and Larry's. So uh, I, I understand that as they get to be more and more valuable, people would seem they would think that we would have more temptation to sell them but it's never been that was never why we bought them when we bought them in the beginning we could never have imagined the league you know becoming this valuable but um to us it's much more valuable to have that be a community asset and bring people together and and create good times for people and it it does a lot for the economy as well so we feel really good about it. I think the, I think people feel good about it. Sometimes they're surprised, but I think always pleased. Uh, I boy, you got that right, Gail. I mean, I that 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 gesture, in my opinion, is heroic. Uh, I mean, I had never heard of any such thing before, and I think it's a gift to the community. And you deserve a lot of credit for doing that. That took uh, that took a lot of understanding of what uh, what your goals always have been well thank you my uh, that that's very kind of you to say and um this is a place both larry and i love a lot and we we just want to see it be successful and a good place to live i'm sitting in my office looking out at the wasatch mountains and i cannot imagine a more beautiful place to live it's uh, it's just incredible here, and I've traveled a lot, but I don't think there's any place I'd rather be. Earlier this summer, you were honored with the Horizon Award, which is a, a congressional award given to humanitarian leaders in the private sector. What was that like? That had to be pretty cool. Well, you know, to be honest, I felt way out of my league, but <laughs> <laughs> I was honored, and I did go back to Washington, D.C. to receive it, and it was quite an experience. Uh, it was not just me. I was the only one that got the Horizon Award, but 
there were 500 young people who earn what's called the Gold Medal Award, and it's the only, it's a program that encourages young people to expand their horizons and become leaders. And they're incredible young people. We had eight from Utah that received that gold medal award. And I, I was very impressed with what they have to go through and, and the, the fact that there is a program that encourages young people to explore beyond their boundaries and put a lot of effort into becoming leaders in the community, learning things about themselves, and then translating it into action. It's uh, something we should all be proud of and encourage in our own state, I think. These young people that have done it here are very impressive. Gail, you've taken quite a journey uh, from your early days, and I've been privileged enough to hear you tell that story and tried to represent it uh, in the written word. I know you don't have time to tell your whole life story, but uh, what, I mean, you started from almost nothing. Uh, I remember that story you told me about how you had one light bulb in your house and all this stuff, and you've taken this fantastical journey. What advice, after all the success that you've had and, and the things that have been important to you, what advice do you have to people, young people especially, about how they should uh, approach life? Well, I, you know, that one light bulb story was a just a short period in my life. It seems to stick with people, but it was real. We had struggles all the time I was growing up. But I think what I learned is that the value of life is in the values you value. <laughs> that sounds redundant, but what I learned is that I'm a strong person. I can do hard things. I can make something out of nothing and I can stay grounded. And I think that's the most important thing that young people need to understand is money is only a measurement. It's not the end all. And it's not something that solves all your problems. Sure, it's a lot better to have it than not have it, but it's what you do with it that really matters. But even beyond that, what I would give young people, what advice I'd give them is figure out what you value, what, what your values are, what you live by. And then expand on those. You know, if you value honesty or integrity or being kind or sharing with your fellow man or making the world beautiful or creating a business that can employ other people, those are the things that really matter. It's not how much you have. It's what you do with what you have. Gail Miller is with us on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Um, getting back to the Jazz for just a moment, there have been so many great players that have been cornerstones in the faces of this franchise over the years. Of course, uh, John and Carl stand out in everybody's mind. But this version of the Jazz is Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell. Can you talk about those two and what they mean to this franchise? Pretty incredible people. You know, they, they are the heart and soul of this team, and I'm very grateful for them. But I think we're going to have some others that will stand out this year, of course, Mike Conley and some of the others. But the nice thing is we've built a foundation that now can really do something special because they understand what we're all about, and they've done the hard work. And I think Donovan and, and Rudy are really good leaders, and Donovan seems to thrive on taking that leadership role. So I think he'll do great things for us. 
Speaking of leadership, Gail, you got a pretty good coach, too, Quinn Snyder. Yes, absolutely. I can't forget him. He's pretty understated, but he's, um, you know, he doesn't particularly like the limelight, but he's really, really good at what he does. And what I like about him most is how he teaches teamwork. Gail Miller is with us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Uh, Gail, uh, Larry always had a, a close relationship with, with David Stern, the commissioner of the NBA. I'd be curious to get your thoughts on Adam Silver and how's he, how he is doing with the job. I think Adam's doing really well. I don't have – I'm not prone to close relationships like Larry was. He, he was a people lover. I'm, I'm much more introverted. But I do know Adam, and I've had several conversations with him. I think he's a fine man. I think he has um, some really exciting plans for the NBA. And I think he'll lead him in a good direction. Gail, I remember a conversation that uh, I had with you once, and I asked you about winning a championship. And you are very passionate about what you're, what, what, why you're doing this for the community, like we talked about earlier. But I think you, you sort of uh, paraphrased what Herm Edwards said once, the NFL coach, you play to win the game. You play to win a championship, and that's your intention, is it not? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think – with 30 teams in the NBA, there can only be one championship, but I think every 30 years you ought to have one. <laughs> so it's our turn, and I think we've built up to it. We've under, we understand what it takes. I think we've put everything in place for it. We've given them all the tools they need, brought in the players that I think can do it, and there's no reason why we can't um, have that expectation. Now, I don't know that it'll come this year, but I do believe we'll get there. Gail, we know your time is so very valuable. We're so grateful you could carve out a few minutes for us. Thank you very much. Thanks, Gail. You bet. Thank you for the opportunity. Yeah. Gail Miller. There you go. Gail Miller on with uh, the big show. A lot of great stuff. She's so awesome to do that interview. And I uh, had a lot of fun things to say about the direction of the team, uh, what she believes in uh, they can win a title. I like that, that uh, every 30 years you should have at least one. In theory, there's yes. 30 teams, yeah. In ther- theory, yeah. yeah, absolutely. But let's put it this way. The Los Angeles Lakers have taken far more than their share <laughs> of those 30. But uh, I would agree that she, if that they have positioned themselves maybe better than ever since the Stockton Malone years to get themselves into the conversation. I know we can say that they got to the Western Conference Finals once with the Darren and Boozer years, but mm-hmm. that wasn't really a title-contending team. No. And you knew that once they ran into the Spurs. So... Uh, they are as close as they can be to actually with the uh, personnel that they have to be able to actually go for a title this season. And the NBA is more open than it's ever been. Yeah. It, I like that she's confident in the leadership of this team. Yep. I, I, I think that's awesome. You can tell she is, she's got trust in guys like Dennis Lindsay, Justin Zanuck, Quinn Snyder, and all the other support staff around them. I like this team. I really do. I'm, and I'm hopeful that they can win a championship someday. But the NBA, man, I feel like small markets, medium-sized markets like Salt Lake are always mm-hmm. going to be at a disadvantage. So they're going to have to strike when they have the opportunity. This coming season appears right now to be one of those opportunities. Yep, they went for it for these next at least two years. At least two years, with yeah. With the Conley contracts. And, and, I, and, I think, and I think with the current landscape of the NBA, about two years is how long – 
window seems to be open anymore because these superstars in the NBA, they don't want to be locked down long term. They want to control where they go, and they're going to lo- sign at most, I think, two-year deals going forward. So, Yeah, I think the, the long-term deals are going to slowly more and more disappear. Yeah, they're going to be player options after one year, et cetera. So I, I, do, I do look at this. I like what the Jazz did. They they pushed some of the chips in. I don't know if they pushed necessarily all their chips in. They didn't necessarily have to, I don't think, either. This year there's an opportunity here to make a real push at it. And like you said, they got two years here with the, the remainder of this Conley deal going down, Donovan Mitchell coming up on a, what should be an extremely expensive contract for yeah. him. I like this team, and I'm glad that Gail Miller, who she doesn't do a lot of interviews, but you can tell she's upbeat about this team. Yeah, definitely. I like what she said. Yeah, they still come to me, though. Yeah, they still. Yeah, That's they, the best part. You know. Well, she, yeah. She's, she's she, like, they'd still come to me with these, and I say yes or no. Yeah, she's the owner. Yeah. So she's the one that controls the purse strings. Yep. They still got to run things by her. Gail, what do you think about this? I like it. Gail, what do you think about this? Yeah, can we try something else? Yep. Smart play. You don't want to do just do something and say, um, we did this, and then the owner's like, excuse me? They really <laughs> have set up, and she should be applauded majorly for the way that they have kind of set up the structure of everyone you know, is in the room collaborating mm-hmm. together, like you just said, yes. because there's, I'm sure there are plenty of teams. I mean, you hear stories about, well, the front office is fighting with ownership or the coaching staff doesn't know what's happening with the personnel yeah. and all that. They really have eliminated that kind of environment with yeah. this jazz team from her position mm-hmm. all the way from Steve Starks all the way down to the coaching staff. Everyone is kind of, they know what's happening. They're very well respected in that regard in yeah. the league because there are a lot of the front offices and ownership groups that don't get along. The Jazz, they've got they've streamlined it. They work in sync with each other, and that is a fantastic thing if you're a Utah Jazz fan. Yep, definitely. Uh, coming up on the other side, we're going to get into a little BYU. We talked a lot of Utes in the first hour. Uh, BYU also had a scrimmage today. We'll mm-hmm. talk about what we've heard out of that as well as our expectations after our first couple weeks of camp because Jake has been there every single day. So you would know. Except today. Except for today, but <laughs> yeah, I have you had another job yes, to do. You had to, you had to be with, I had to you be with all our out, listeners. Come you had on. to hang out with me for three hours. Absolutely. Uh, so we'll get into that a little bit on the other side. Jake, we are here today at Stockton 12 Honda. Yes, come on by. Check it out. We're here in the Southtown Autumn. I would love to see you guys. We still got some jazz gear hanging out, and the deals, man, they are incredible. $2, two, two brand new Hondas I got for just $12 a day. That deal, you'd be hard-pressed to find anything mm-hmm. better. And, of course, if you want to bring in and trade in your car, they'll give you top value. Kelly Blue Book value, they'll make sure you're taken care of. That way you're always getting a, a good deal here. Yep, and also if you're looking for something certified, pre-owned, they have a giant selection of that out there as well. Um, we talked to a couple customers. We got One got a commuter, Civic, getting – he said he was going to get well above what, in gas mileage what he was getting on his old car. Yes. And so he's very excited about that. So come in and check out – all their selection here at Stockton 12. Honda 10860 South Auto Mall Drive. All right, some BYU talk coming up next here on the Saturday Show. Classic. Welcome back. Saturday Show here on the Zone Sports Network. Uh, 975-1250 The Zone. Make sure you check us out on the podcast. Uh, make sure you subscribe if you enjoy any part of the show today. Make sure you uh, subscribe to our podcast there on all your... You know, available uh, wherever podcasts are available. Wherever your podcasting yep. part lies. You can also do any show on the Zone Sports Network. DJ PK, Tony and Austin, 
Pants of Scotty, The Big Show, The Movie Zone. Um, it's all available. Car Sense, Inside the Outdoors. Make sure you check out Jake's uh, Locked on Cougars podcast as mm-hmm. he does a daily BYU podcast, part of the Locked on Sports Network. We've got lots of stuff going on. It's a blast. Every day, something coming out. Speaking of the Cougars, mm-hmm. Jake, you've been in every single availability except yeah. for today. Um, but they had a scrimmage today. But before we get into kind of the things that are coming out of that, what has been the vibe around this uh, this year's version of fall camp as you've witnessed? Uh, there's a sense of urgency, I think, is okay. the easiest way to say it. And, if, and of course, you would be regardless of if uh, – because they have these first four games are against Power 5 opponents. It just so happens the University of Utah, your arch rival, happens to be game one. That mm-hmm. adds to the urgency. But even if that happened to be maybe game two or three, you still had the four Power 5 opponents – I still think there would be plenty of urgency around this program, and I feel like they're really, uh, they've taken that to heart. Uh, of course, there was a lot made of them with the whole beat Utah thing during spring ball. Well, they're trying to end a losing streak to their rival that has stretched eight games in almost ten years. Yeah. I completely understand that that thought process there. I, I'm, But I've been around this program. They're upbeat. Uh, they feel like if they have things come together, they can have a pretty good year. I'm still of the opinion if they get to eight wins, you call it a day, and you're very satisfied with that. Uh, but I would guarantee everybody inside that program would be like, no, we're shooting for ten. I, I think that's just kind of their whole mentality. And that, I think eight means that eight means they've beaten a couple teams that you thought, yeah. oh, mm-hmm. that's a really good win. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Yeah, and if so if it's a Power Five team, if it's beating Boise State and Utah State, something along those lines, that's what eight wins means for that team. The key to the season is going to be that record against those Power Five opponents to start the year. You come out you of that, think so? you come out of that two and two, you've set yourself up to I think have a really good year. I, and that's just my opinion. Oh, I would agree with that. Yeah. You are set up for a good yeah. year. But if you go zero and four against those teams, but you're able to get wins against Utah State and Boise State, and win out the rest. I think you feel pretty good about that season. You do. Do you think so, or do you not? Do you think without a P5 you, victory, it's not a fan would be like, oh, well, we got to eight wins. We ran up, rattled off eight in a row. We beat two rivals because they would beat Boise State and Utah State in that run. You would. But there were no, there would be no P5 victory. It'd feel a little bit hollow, I guess is the way to say it. But you still have, you, if you did that, because hey, you start 0-4 and, and then you reel off eight straight wins. In that run, you have beat a MAC favorite in Toledo. You Correct. have knocked off Boise State. You have uh, beaten Utah State. You knocked off San Diego State in that Which run. Which is kind of the level that many people believe they're playing at. Yeah. They're a upper echelon G5 program right now. So uh, if they were to get into a P5 league, obviously yeah. that changes things. We heard um, the guy from Pick 6 Preview had them, by his metrics, a middle-of-the-pack P5-style program. Mm-hmm. But we've heard guys like Hans say they're – Really playing at the G5 level right now. Yeah, and well. So going in that eight-game win streak, is you, that better than? If you take those four wins alone, those are good wins. But in terms of wins like Wisconsin that resonate more nationally, right. you need to pick off a Washington. You need to pick off a USC. You need to pick off Utah or, or Tennessee. You need to pick off one of those because those just give you the prestige nationally that BYU fans crave. That, and I, I'm not, don't get me wrong. You beat, yeah, Boise State, Toledo, Utah State, and San Diego State amidst an eight-game win streak. There would be plenty of satisfied BYU fans with that nice run there. Mm -hmm. But as they looked at the season, they'd probably look back at those four games against the Power 5 opponents and say, what could have been if we picked off one or two of those wins, if if that were to play out this season. But there would be plenty of fans that would be like, hey, we won eight games. 
We're on an eight-game winning streak going into bowl season. You win in a ninth game there, and all of a sudden you're looking ahead. All of a sudden ahead. you're springboarding into your yes. hardest schedule ever probably. Yeah, so you look at that, and that would get the hype going, but there would still be just that little bit of you that looks back at those first four games saying, okay, we didn't beat a Power 5 team in this go-around. That may make it feel a little bit hollow in terms of the overall result of the season. Mm. Um, so BYU, they also had a scrimmage today. Um, some things that we're hearing out of there is that uh, the running backs made an impression on the coaching staff. Mm -hmm. I'm going to talk about Tyson Williams a little bit. Okay. Grad transfer out of South Carolina. Mm -hmm. Looks to be the guy who is taking the reins uh, for that starting running back position uh, over guys like Lopini Katoa. Um, I think that's a, it's a strong – it would be a strong move by then to move with Tyson because he seems like he's a bigger – more every down kind of back, whereas Lapini is not quite that, I don't think. Yeah, they've given all these running backs, the two graduate transfers, speaking of Tyson Williams and Emmanuel Asupa, all the opportunity to come in and really make an impression. And by all accounts, every coach that has talked about Tyson Williams just have raved about what he's done since he showed up on campus. Jeff Grimes said today uh -huh. he's, quote, exactly what we're looking for in a back. Well, if that's – and this is a guy that's who is an offensive, offensive line coach who yes. is now the offensive coordinator at BYU – he knows running backs when he sees them, and he knows what kind of backs he wants in his offense. If he's saying that, that and that kind of goes to with what I had heard in the lead-up to fall camp, is that the coaching staff hoped that Tyson Williams would come in and take that job and make it his. I know that some people would say, well, why is this guy getting this job when he hasn't done anything with both North Carolina and South Carolina? Who knows? There are multiple factors probably played into that. Happens in college football but and if athletics. He, if he has an opportunity to come in and make an impression here, has a good season, and gets the opportunity to go play professionally, who cares? That means he's done great things for your program, speaking of BYU. I like what he's able to do, but I'm not also discounting what Lopini Katoa can offer to this program because he can do sure, plenty of special things. Sure, he does a thing. Yeah. He's but he, quick. He's fast. He doesn't have the same size right. as Tyson Williams. So that that is one thing. I completely understand why Jeff Grimes is like, this is the guy that almost looks exactly like me. He's six foot, 210 pounds. He just looks the part of an every down running back. That's the biggest thing I think to take away from him. And there's certainly some question marks around that position, I think. Oh, absolutely. Out, on the offensive side of the yes. ball heading into the season. Mm -hmm. um, as good as Lopini looked at points last season, it's it was still kind of thin at that position. So... Uh, getting this guy as a grad transfer, I think, is a big get for them, especially considering the talk a couple of months ago about how hard it is to get a grad transfer <laughs> into BYU. It was a battle. And it they was. were able to get him into school. Yep. And uh, he's going to come in, and he's going to try to give it a run, and for lack of a better term, a run, and try to get himself positioned Pardon so maybe, maybe he can make it in the NFL. So I think he's he's got a lot to play for. I think mm -hmm. he realizes that. Sounds like he's showing that in camp for this team. Yeah, and Kalani Satake has praised both him and Emmanuel Asupa is for their professional approach to this position, like just coming out every day and, and handling it the way they should. And these are both guys who have earned colleg uh, collegiate degrees or bachelor's degrees at other universities. So they're well-versed in college football. They're well-versed in how everything works at the collegiate level. So they've come in, and I think for them – this is all about this one year. They want to give it everything they've got because it hasn't necessarily worked out for them at the other programs that they have played at previously. So they're motivated. They, they are absolutely motivated to go out and prove what they can do. Now, I, I, I also have um, question marks about, okay, a guy like Tyson Williams never was the top guy at South Carolina. Yeah, that's fair. Emmanuel Super was never the top guy at Rice. Can they come in and go for 1,000 yards for BYU? I have my reservations about that, but Jeff. Or Grimes, do they bring that well, yeah. experience of playing in that? 
as far as Tyson's case is, does he come in? He couldn't quite work himself into the head guy at South Carolina, like you just Mm -hmm. mentioned. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. But uh, in that SEC grind that they have there in that that school and in that conference, he comes into BYU. The schedule is a step down. Yeah, I think that's. I mean, I don't mean any offense, but I would say it's a kind of a step down oh, from is. playing a SEC conference schedule. Mm-hmm. So, can he find success in a different style of schedule? I think he can, and I think he's expecting to. I just look at it, and I feel like it's going to be BYU is going to need all hands on deck to ha- to get the maximum output from their running backs. Yeah. That's just my thought. You're going to need Emmanuel Asupa to be kind of the power back, the short yardage. We need one or two yards here, and he's mm. 230 pounds, and he can really pound it. And, you're the, and then you hope that Tyson Williams and Lopini Katoa are kind of your purpose backs, can catch the ball out of the backfield, can make a burst for a big play every once in a while, gain 10 to 12 yards when given the opportunity. If you get, I think the, the so what I'm trying to say is I think the, the sum total of the parts is going to be bigger for BYU than just any one individual player, but it would be great. It would be very beneficial for BYU to have a guy like Tyson Williams show up, and if he's able to rush for 1,000 yards, become the every down back that Jamal Williams was once upon a time for BYU, that would mean they're going to have a big opportunity to have a very successful year because that takes a lot of stress off guys like Zach Wilson as well as the wide receiving core. And it sounds like there was a bunch of guys on the defensive side who sat out today. Yeah, and I understand that. They're just parts of it. They're keeping guys healthy, and it makes sense. Guys like Kairos Tonga and Lorenzo Fawatea, the kind of the projected top tandem of defensive tackles, you don't want to get them injured. So let them sit it out. This is from our friend Sean Walker. He said, uh, defensive players missing from all or parts of the scrimmage, Diane Gonwoloku, Zach Daw, Brackenell Bakri, Trajan Peely, Sawyer Powell, Zane Anderson, and Austin Lee. Yeah, so those are kind of proven so, options yeah, yeah. that are just – and if you were to use it like with a NFL parlance, it's a, it's, a, it's a veteran day. Like you give them a day off, say, hey, we understand what you guys can do. We're going to give some of these younger guys a look here in the scrimmage and let them prove what they can do. Yep, definitely. So uh, some stuff coming out of BYU today. Sounds like they are happy for the most part with how the scrimmage went, at least offensively. Yeah. So I and so there one other quote I wanted to get to today. It comes from Elisa Tuiaki, and this is an interesting one because we talked about earlier with Utah how Kyle Whittingham was worried about his backups, the, mm. the twos on. The, he said our ones are great, but we still need some guys on the twos. Well, here's Elisa Tuiaki's take on the BYU defense. Quote: This comes from Jay Drew. Quote, some guys took steps forward, some guys took steps backward. A couple guys showed us they could play for us, and a couple guys showed they may not be ready for that big stage yet, unquote. Mm. So maybe, and that's what happens with scrimmages during the fall camp. You get guys finally in a game setting, and it's a a weeding out process. You want to know what guys, when the lights are the brightest and when they come on, they're going to respond to the situation and play well. Because there are guys look great in practice and all of a sudden those lights come on and they get in front of that crowd and all of a sudden they seize up and they can't function Mm -hmm. and interesting to hear both programs BYU Utah day talking about they they still need some guys to step up well and from Utah's perspective I think their level of what they need Mm -hmm. out of their backups is so high yes so when he says our ones are really good but our twos are a long way off that is his way of saying they're not quite ready for this Pac-12 yeah, it, schedule. It, it should be of mild concern to Utah right. at this point. There's still a few weeks out, so there's still plenty of time to get things to get things kind of situated and mm-hmm. get guys ingrained. If he starts, if he stays in that 
two weeks from now as they're getting into game week, yeah, then you can start thinking, okay, we got a problem yep, here. Yeah, definitely. All right, coming up on the other side, we'll wrap things up with a little NFL talk as well as get you ready for the movie zone. That's all coming up next here on the Saturday. Wrapping up things here on the Saturday show. We're going to make way for the movie zone. Coming up next, uh, we're talking movies from your childhood being made into, or shows from your childhood being made into movies. As uh, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark will be hitting theaters and also Dora the Explorer. Yeah. Is that something you'll be going to with your children? No. Dora the Explorer? No. Either I will just conveniently forget that movie even exists. I think that would be very good. Yeah, Mr. Rogers as well. The Mr. Rogers movie, I'm all in. Yep. No problem. I'll t- see that one. Door of the Explorer, no thank you. Um, before we get out of here, though, we should have talked about this earlier because I love talking to NFL because uh-huh. the team I root for is an NFL team. I love college football. I love covering it, but the NFL is just the game. I love watching. Yeah. Uh, but preseason underway, Jake. You excited for this upcoming season? A lot of fun storylines for are. this season in uh, the National Football League. There are, and I <laughs> – NFL. Except for your team. Uh, the Niners, see what Jimmy G's got. We got to see what Jimmy Garoppolo can do this year because he had his season cut short due to that ACL tear. And mm-hmm. I'm interested to see what the Niners do, but there's so many storylines just around this league. You, just, you look at, like, the Oakland Raiders. They're what it should be their final year in Oakland. They've mm-hmm. got so many things going on there. The whole situation with Antonio Brown all, already. I just I, I look at what the NFL's got going for it. And there are great storylines all over the place, even on the teams that are going to be absolutely atrocious. And you're looking it up right now. The New York Giants, I don't think they're going to be very good. Is right. Daniel Jones going to take over that job at some point? But it's it's already all over the place. It Tyler is. Murray looked pretty Ky- good. Tyler Murray looked pretty polished, all things considered. Baker Mayfield looks great. There's the Cardinals a lot of- are going to be not good. I don't know. We'll see. I I just look at the storylines around the NFL this year. Should be a fun season. He did throw checkdowns. You're right. But come on. The guy in his first action. (laughs) And I I look at it and I just I wonder overall how the NFL is going to how it's going to play out this year. Are we going to see Tom Brady right back on top come February? Or are we going to see kind of a changing of the guard at some point? I'd these got these old guys. They yeah. the, at least as far as the quarterback position, they're they hanging are, on. They are not letting it go. No, they, they, they've got they a vice grip on, yeah. and they're not giving it away. So I I do wonder if eventually there's a changing of the guard at some point. The whole contract situation with Tom Brady is also intriguing to me. Mm-hmm. He signed essentially what ostensibly is a one year deal for this upcoming season, and then the next two years on the deal, both have outs on both sides. I, it just was intriguing to me. He's going into his age 42 season. He's made it very clear he wants to play to 45. Does he ultimately do that with the Patriots, or is he going elsewhere or retiring? I would be shocked if I'd be shocked if he ended up anywhere at I the would. end of his career yeah. other than the Patriots. But I think he's 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 a smart guy. He's trying to figure out a way to extend these Super Bowl runs. He does, and uh, it's not all about him. Sucking up every nickel for well, that's yeah. Eric and our said that he freed up five million dollars yeah. in, ca- in cap space with the moves, and that's yep. brilliant. <laughs> so, I I look at it and I just feel like it, there's a it, there's a very interesting situation with the NFL brewing is how long are these old guys at the quarterback position in particular <laughs> going to hold on and be able to continue to hold on before it's pried away from them and the young bucks finally take it. Right. Well, if you had to, what's your way too early Super Bowl? Oof. 
Give me the Kansas. Maybe next week we can go into all our division picks. Give me the Kansas City Chiefs against the Los Angeles Rams. (laughs) Okay. That's That's what I'm going through. That's why that offensive. It's it's Chiefs Vikings. We all know it. Oh come on! Is Kirk actually going to be the answer? No, he's not. But I can pretend. That's the beauty of last year being so horribly disappointing. (laughs) You could just that there. I can just I can just move on to uh, the next season. Uh, Yeah, you can absolutely. The Niners for me were written off as soon as Jimmy G went down last year. I was like, okay, well this season's a lost cause. So see you next year. Uh (laughs) I and that's kind of the way it goes. Any more though. I have become just the, this massive fan of the NFL as a whole, and that's probably due, in fact, to the part that I play fantasy football. And mm-hmm. I just they're players I track more than teams anymore. Yep, definitely. Uh, we're wrapping things up here, uh, Stockton Twelve Honda, but they will be open for the rest of the day. Come on down. You can take a look at a new Civic for five dollars a day, HRVs and Accords for six dollars a day, CRVs for eight dollars a day, or you can get two Hondas for twelve dollars a day. Also, check out their certified pre-owned uh, selection here. They've got giant selection of it out there you also go to stockton12honda.com if you just want to uh, check it out all online and then come and say hey i saw this car online i want to take a look at it so come down and see them big thanks to them as always for having us down here um for zach here our tech for jake for eric back in the studio i'm adrian and we'll talk to you next saturday here on the saturday show on the zone sports network